This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Hurley. Season 2, Episode 5, Is the Gig Economy Dead? Uber, Airbnb, and Lyft all recently announced large rounds of layoffs, ranging from 3,700 at Uber, 1,900 at Airbnb, and 982 at Lyft. We watch those companies very closely and we watch those layoffs very closely because all three of those companies were founded here in San Francisco. They're major employers in San Francisco. And so they're also the early and the largest, most prominent members of the gig economy, which we'll come back to in a minute. In addition to those layoffs, Smaller tech firms such as Lime, Bird, and Zoom are also announcing layoffs as we speak. So coming back to the gig economy, what is the gig economy and why is it important? And it's certainly important to San Francisco. The gig economy or the sharing economy, by way of definition, It is a labor market characterized by short-term contracts or freelance work as opposed to permanent jobs. A gig job is a temporary job where you work on a specific task for a company either as an independent contractor or as a freelancer. The independent contractor has certain advantages in that you can work from home Your hours are more flexible. You can choose what day, if any, you're going to work. So it's a win-win situation in that regard. The downside is that you are not an employee. You don't get benefits. You don't get health care, generally speaking. So that is the, the downside to being an independent contractor or a freelancer. In addition to which, the ride-hailing apps and the homestay app, Airbnb, require that you either furnish your own car, which becomes the, uh, which, which is used to ferry around passengers, or that you as the homeowner or owning the apartment, that you're providing that homestay with your own asset, your home or your apartment. So, so that, in very broad brush terms, is a definition of the gig economy and the gig business model. Uber is probably the biggest pioneer of the gig economy since its core ride-hailing app requires millions of drivers around the world who are independent contractors to use their own vehicles and Again, they're classified as independent contractors. And you have to give Uber great credit here because they took this concept of a ride-hailing service. And the reason that it was so popular in San Francisco is that San Francisco was one of the most under-cabbed, under-taxied cities in the United States. So the ride-hailing app came into being because of a real necessity in San Francisco. We just didn't have enough taxis. And so the, that lack of taxis in San Francisco gave birth to 
ride-hailing apps. And then, of course, the iPhone was the technology that enabled it all to happen. But you, you have to give Uber credit to have taken this ride-hailing concept and exported it globally. There isn't uh, a country in the world, and there isn't a major city in the world, even a minor city in the world, that doesn't have an Uber service. So it is a, it is a model which I think has stood the test of time. It's a winning model. It's one that's gone global, and we hope that it's going to survive this pandemic. However, will customers return to Uber and Lyft and also to Airbnb when the pandemic is over? After all, the public post-pandemic is going to be much more discerning about using someone else's car or home or apartment, primarily because of cleanliness, sanitation, personal hygiene standards, etc. And in all three cases that I all three cases that I just cited, the rapid turnover and high volume of customer turnover is one that doesn't lend itself to uh, to consistent sanitation and hygiene standards in the vehicles, in the homes, and in the apartments. So the challenge for those three companies is going to be, can they maintain a standard level of safety and sanitation in their contracted vehicles, homes, and apartments in the case of Airbnb? And of course, a uniformity of cleanliness standards it's going to vary from gig worker to gig worker to the extent that the gig worker and the gig worker's car are the beauty of that system is that they're freelancers. They're bringing their own assets to the table, but it's next to impossible to ensure that uniform hygiene standards are going to apply in all vehicles. So that is going to be a, a very significant challenge, I think, for this freelance model, independent contractor model, where the asset which is providing service to the client belongs to the freelancer. It's next to impossible, I think, for the employer in that case to ensure standard levels of hygiene. So that is the question that must be answered with regard to these gig economy type of companies. And customers will be very challenged, I think, and very concerned in going back to those companies until those questions of standard hygiene are addressed. It goes to the, but it goes to the very heart of these business models. Certainly the affordability, the ubiquity, the convenience of ride sharing or home sharing could obviously be offset by concerns about cleanliness in this era of COVID-19 and coronavirus because that virus spreads so easily, so rapidly, and it's so transmissible. Also, the life of the virus on fabric, on plastic, on metals is surprisingly longer. It's certainly more than a few minutes and can be up to hours, in fact, even days in some in some surfaces. However, the stock market seems to be rewarding both Uber and Lyft today, Thursday, May 7th, 
where both of their stock prices were up over 15% today. And while Airbnb is not a public company, and therefore we can't look to the stock market for evaluation of Airbnb, a group of private investors have recently made a $1 billion loan available to the home sharing app. So once again, private equity investors, venture capital investors have voted with their wallets to make a $1 billion loan available to Airbnb. The very first round of COVID-19 layoffs struck very hard at the restaurant and hotel industry here in San Francisco, which is a pillar of our community, the tourist industry. But now, as company revenues dry up, the latest rounds of layoffs are in Silicon Valley and particularly in white-collar jobs in Silicon Valley. Here in the Bay Area, in less than two months, more than 92,000 layoffs have occurred. 92,000 layoffs represents about 2% of the Bay Area's total 4.1 million jobs. Now, 92,000 lost jobs on a total of 4.1 million may not seem like a great deal. However, it's certainly a great deal to the people who've lost their jobs, number one, but it is to the extent that those job losses are heavily concentrated in the travel, transportation, hotel, restaurant, and bar businesses, those 92,000 layoffs are, are very prominent and weigh very heavily on the economy and on the workforce. Of course, hotels, restaurants, bars, and retail have been the hardest hit in the first round of the COVID-19 layoffs. The extension of shelter in place through the end of May and the very sluggish response to reopen business in the most tentative ways here in California and in the San Francisco Bay Area do not augur well for a quick recovery in those industries and in the economy generally. And now the layoffs are filtering into the tech industry, which Silicon Valley always felt that they were immune from. The first wave, of course, of the layoffs were in the service-related industries and the platform app companies like Uber, Airbnb, and Lyft. But now that customers have disappeared and their sharing models are going to be challenged once the pandemic is over, other tech startups who actually make products as opposed to provide services like Uber, Airbnb, and Lyft, other tech startups that actually provide that manufacture products, whether it's software or hardware, now they are beginning to lay off workers as their corporate clients or individual clients cut purchasing orders. The longer this shelter in place remains in place, the more layoffs we will see in the tech sector. Corporate companies and corporate customers are less likely to buy new software and new applications and new hardware 
for their business. Their first challenge is to provide a safe and secure workplace for their workers. And in that regard, I think Salesforce and Work.com, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of Salesforce, shows how quickly and uh, how thoughtfully a large software company can pivot and provide a whole new set of management tools in the form of Work.com to enable management to manage COVID-19 and coronavirus in the workplace. So the, the point that I want to make about Salesforce and Work.com is there is an opportunity here. There is an opportunity on the part of software companies and Silicon Valley to assist the rest of corporate America in getting back to normal in providing security and providing tracking software and providing um, temperature management software, all of those tools which corporate management is going to need to monitor their workers and to provide a safe working place, we're seeing Salesforce and Work.com pivot to meet that need. Hopefully, some of the other Silicon Valley leaders will do likewise. One bright spot amid this economic gloom with regard to layoffs is the construction industry, which of course was deemed to be non-essential initially. And then subsequently over the last couple of weeks, the a lot of the 8,000 layoffs that took place in the real estate and construction industry, a lot of those workers were called back. So construction is now open for business here in the Bay Area, here in San Francisco. And so as a result, the original 8,000 layoffs in that sector, many of them have now been called back to work, and that's a good thing. I think that that also provides the way that the construction industry has been called back to work is a good example of how tactically, both at the city level and at the state level, our political leaders can zero in on a segment of the economy and open it up. Uh, we don't have to have right across the board closures. We can have tactical openings of industries which, which are going to be very helpful to the overall health of the economy as a whole. Speaking of the health of the economy, the state of California has paid out $10.6 billion in unemployment benefit over the last 60 days because of COVID-19. And I want to highlight that number, $10.6 billion in unemployment benefit, which, of course, was um, it's critical that that was paid. However, exactly one year ago, the state of California had a budget surplus of $21 billion. As early as this past uh, January, the state of California was projecting a $6 billion projected budget surplus for 2021. Needless to say, the $10.6 billion unforeseen unemployment benefit that has been paid out over the last 60 days has decimated the surplus that was in place. And it just goes to show you how quickly the economy has changed 
and has changed not for the better, unfortunately. But coming back to the gig economy companies, um, higher up the food chain from the pure freelance independent contractor model of gig work are tech startup companies. And they are laying off employees in droves. Startup tech companies have some similarity to gig companies in that they tend to pay low wages, uh, benefits are few, um, but their employees are always dazzled and their employees more often than not are young, perhaps straight out of college or a year or two out of college, but their employees are dazzled and enticed to work in these startup companies with the promise of the hope, I should say, not the promise, a hope, that the startup may go public someday and that all employees will benefit as a result. And there are certainly so many examples of that kind of wealth that's been created here in the Bay Area that startup companies are able to attract the best and the brightest of our college graduates here in the Bay Area. Amidst the layoffs in the tech sector, the cuts have been targeted primarily towards the sales and customer success roles in those companies, as well as, and to a lesser extent, towards the engineering departments and the operations departments. You can see why sales and customer success roles have been cut, because at this point, corporate customers are not buying anything, nor are individual customers, consumers, buying anything. So quite frankly, who needs a crack sales team if no one is buying your product? And the belief is that once the pandemic is over, the sales and the and the consumer generally will be off to a slow start. So cutting back on the sales and marketing team today is probably seen as an area where companies can startup companies can get away with that and make significant savings as a result. However, if the stock market is a bellwether of the future economy, then the tech-heavy NASDAQ augurs well for the technology sector in general and startups in particular. The NASDAQ is actually up for 2020 since the pandemic led to the historic market sell-off several weeks ago. The NASDAQ's recovery was largely led by Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Alphabet. Those stocks are all up by 15.8% this quarter and are positive for 2020. And Microsoft, too, is up almost 16% for the year. So essentially, the stock market is saying that while there are some dire events out there with this pandemic, there are certain scenarios that the stock market is looking at that could be very positive for the economy. So that is where the NASDAQ is looking at this. And even the fact that last week's unemployment claims touched 3.1 million, the actual trend in the increase of unemployment is starting to taper off. Again, that famous curve and bending the curve. So. Is the gig economy over? It's probably not over as yet. However, there will be some very fundamental changes in store 
for gig economy companies once the pandemic is behind us. My sources for today's podcast have been the San Francisco Chronicle, TechCrunch, and the New York Times. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Experience. This is your host, Jim Herlihy, signing off from America's favorite city, San Francisco.